Welcome to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast created for those on the edge of life, society, and big change. In this space, you'll hear about how you can make small and powerful shifts in your life towards healthier relationships and take brave steps to trust yourself in every aspect of your life. I like to keep it curious, a bit goofy, and down to earth. Welcome. Hello and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. It's me, Christina, uh, coming to you on a Wednesday. It's snowy this morning and I've been having lots of conversations about reality. (laughs) And it sounds, I don't know, interesting, weird, but I'm genuinely fascinated by this topic. For the past like three to... Honestly, I keep randomly naming times at how long I've been doing this, but I genuinely can't remember. Uh, For the past while, I've been leaning into the spiritual practice of being with what is. That's really what I describe embodiment to be, is the practice of being with what is. And really, it's a way of learning to relate to yourself in the present moment. Relating being the operative word. We have a relationship with so many things. But so many of us, including myself, find ways to avoid the vulnerability of relationship by just fulfilling a role. And like our whole society is built this way. You get handed a role as a partner in a marriage or you get handed a role in a company. You get handed a role as a kid and to your parents or as a parent to your kid. And we try to fulfill these and meet these particular expectations as a role instead of in a way of relating. And I'm, you know, hardcore relate to this because it's so vulnerable to relate. And we weren't taught how to relate. We were taught to follow the rules. We were taught to fill these roles that continue to help our society go forward in a capitalistic way. We're taught to operate in a way that produces the most producing. (laughs) That's the most quote unquote productive. And it's not actually allowing space for us to be human and to be with what is and to relate to things. So much of my work is centered around our relationship with ourself. In fact, that's really the core of all of my work. And (laughs) it is that way because it's the most important to me. And I realized a a little while ago, you know, again, time is weird to me, so I don't know, it was before now, at some point, (laughs) I, I realized that I was looking at my parents and seeing things that they were doing and saying that I wouldn't do them and that I wasn't like that. And it started to occur to me that maybe I wasn't, I just couldn't see it. Because people always say you become your parents when you get older. And I was like, why? (laughs) Why does that happen? And I realized that like, maybe just because of how I was raised or because of my parents' own inacceptance of themselves in some ways, I had looked at really like silly things about them and said like, I don't want to be like that. Or not even that I don't want to, but that I'm not because that's not me. And what that did was like keep those things in my shadow 
and kept me from seeing the reality that I was literally doing the same things. <laughs> and it's funny. I think we all do this. We all have things that we, you know, haven't paid attention to yet or haven't come into our awareness yet. And there's a reason. Like, there's a lot of things that we can learn and will continue to learn and grow in in our lifetimes. And in this moment, whenever the fuck it was, I realized that in order for me to have healing, in order for me to actually change in a way that was healing, to break this pattern, I guess, if you will, I had to go into the really awkwardness that I was refusing to see in myself, the very things that I was like, I will never be like blank. (laughs) And acknowledged that I was like blank. (laughs) And I don't know if you've had to do this, but it's really uncomfortable. And like, we don't want to admit we're like this. And it's so funny because like, so I'm thinking about my mom and (laughs) I, I don't have the best relationship with my mom, but I do, I do love her. And she, she's very smart and she has a lot of self-awareness without being self-aware, like intentional blind spots. And like, even in saying that, I'm like, yep, sounds like me. <laughs> like, I, I'm very smart and I'm very self-aware until I'm not. <laughs> and it makes me think of this, uh, this experience in like, I think it was high school. I, it was the first day of senior year. And this is like literally the worst thing I think everyone pretended they didn't notice because they were nice, but, like, I don't know. I walked into the school, and it was, like, the first day, so we were allowed to wear flip-flops. You know, we had a weird, small Christian school. But I walked in, and the floors were slick, and I completely fucking wiped out. Like, slipped and fell on my ass. In front of, like, the row of, like, everyone's lockers on the first day of senior year. And I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the brand Hollister, but, like, that was the shit back then. And I was wearing my new Hollister jeans or pants or whatever, and I wiped out on my ass, and I was terribly embarrassed. But there was there was a part of me that was, like, I couldn't handle the fact that I was embarrassed. Like, the emotional experience of that was too much for me. So, like, some part of me was just, like, that wasn't embarrassing. It was just silly. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm not embarrassed by things. (laughs) So what happened then is for, like, a lot of incidents after that that would happen that would typically be embarrassing and were embarrassing, I pretended, like, not even pretended. At this point, I was believing that I wasn't feeling embarrassed but it would come out in really weird ways. Like I would be acting like awkward or uncomfortable or like say really strange things. But like, I think other people (laughs) could very easily see that I was embarrassed, but I was like refusing to acknowledge that I felt embarrassed. And I think that's a very interesting thing (laughs) and also embarrassing. But we do this, I think, without meaning to a lot. I was just intentional about choosing to pretend like I wasn't embarrassed because it was too much for me. And I think there's a lot of things about ourselves that feel really painful to admit. 
whether it's like an embarrassing thing or a mistake or a way of being or a habit or a pattern that we have that can be painful to own that we have difficulty with. And a one way of coping with that is to look straight at it and find a way of denying that it's actually what's happening. And that's the super self-aware way of avoiding it is like this is like saying, "Oh, I'm not embarrassed because like, you know, embarrassment is a useless emotion and like I, you know, <laughs> I prefer to laugh it off and like, you know, whatever. And sure. And also like, it's fine to be human. And I think so many of us weren't given permission to be human, to be embarrassed, to be awkward and be validated in our humanity in that. That's relating. We were taught instead to perform in a role in so many ways. And all that to say, like, it's, it's a journey to be aware of yourself. And like what I uncovered in this process of exploring this with my, about my mom is that if I was going to change, if I was going to break this pattern, I needed to love on the parts of myself that I did not want to see. I needed to love on and accept the parts of myself that I had even loathed in the past. And maybe it was like, it's, this is so funny. My mom used to bend over to like put stuff in the dishwasher. And I thought the way that she did it was really awkward. And it was like a big deal to me. And I was like, I don't look like that. (laughs) How bitchy is that? But it was like a thing for me. And I had to like, reconcile that like I look the way I do and I also look like my parents and I too am worthy of love even if they didn't believe themselves to be even if I withheld that or they withheld that from themselves there there is a worthiness underneath there as a balm that needed to cover those embarrassments and those things that I didn't want to look at. And this is a continual process. And it's, (laughs) there's two ways to look at stuff that's never ending. Like growth is never ending, right? Like we continue to grow and that's a beautiful thing. But it's a beautiful thing only if you're here for the process. It's a really infuriating and frustrating thing if you're expecting to arrive. Like if you're building a house and building the house continues to take fucking forever, it never ends, that's infuriating. But if you're growing a garden, if you're tending to a garden, the expectation is actually not to arrive and be done with a garden. It's a process. And the fact that you get to do it again next year is literally part of the experience. And that's, I think, the mindset that has to be taking place in our healing for it to be sustainable, is that you're a garden and you'll continue to uncover weeds and beautiful flowers and strange plants that came out of nowhere. And like gardening and being in that process is living. It is a part of life. It is being. And in that, the fact that it continues to go on is actually just part of what makes life life. 
All that to say, there's, <laughs> I mean, all that to say, I don't know what, but <laughs> take what you will from that. I just think uh, it's just so interesting to, to be on this journey of uncovering things about myself and becoming more self-aware. And part of the self-awareness is realizing that I can't see everything and there's there's a shit ton that I can't see that is reflected to me by my coaches, by my therapist, and by the community that I've brought around me because I can't see everything. And that's that beauty comes when we have when we're able to relate in relationship and be fully seen, but be like fully be able to show up and relate to instead of simply play roles. Because playing a role allows us to hide our vulnerability. If you're just playing by the rules and expecting that to be enough, you'll get by maybe and be safe maybe. But the richness of relating is something that each of our hearts is like deeply longing for. We long to relate to ourselves. Ooh, and here's an example of that. Um, Role playing in your relationship with yourself. So for me, my journey with health has been really interesting, but like there's something that I remember really bitching about and being kind of like in a victim mode about for a long time, which is like this, this experience of like, (laughs) I used to like have really, really bad cystic acne in high school. And so I got on this medication. Um, What was it called? Everyone took this stuff. Accutane. They wouldn't let you give blood for like 10 years after you took it because apparently it was like really bad. But anyway, I like, even with, even on that, I still had to like eat better foods or I would break out. And I would, um, I just had certain health limitations. It wasn't a ton, but like as I've gotten older, those things have become more prominent. And um, I haven't had gluten in like, 12 years or something because I realized when I was that I was allergic to it but there's always there was always a part of me that was like other people can eat healthy and can stay up late and can drink a lot and not feel like this I should be able to too and it was like I was treating my body like a role of rules that I could fulfill to achieve a specific result instead of relating to my body as a being Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's just really wild to me to think about like when we when we treat anyone, anything, any like living being, including ourselves as a, a just a checklist of standard things to do that we can fly safely under the radar with, we miss out on the experience of relating to and negotiating our needs and honestly and having our needs met, whether that be from us or in a relationship with someone else. I was having a conversation with my friend Catherine and one of my coaches, and we were talking about relating, and we started this conversation out because she has this incredible offer called Messages Revealed, where she supports coaches to get clear on their messaging and really just get clear on their thoughts, which has been profoundly supportive for me. And today I read, because I'm, <laughs> y'all, I have a lot of support. <laughs> I have three coaches and a therapist. <laughs> no regrets. 
Um, anyway, my other my other coach, Sam, um, who's a business coach, has given me this list of like ways to narrow down branding and like it was like write your brand messages and bring on topics or whatever. And like <laughs> the way that I wrote it was like was a lot. So like I just wrote like here's what I think and like these are my messages and I read it out loud to Catherine and she was like okay and she's smiling and I'm like what? <laughs> Do your worst. Tell me what it is. And she was like that's a lot. <laughs> and I realized and even like talking hearing her say that I was like oh shoot you're right. Here's what I did. I have a very, very old story that I'm not competent that comes from like my history and whatnot. And so what happens is when I'm trying to prove that I'm (laughs) I'm trying to prove that I'm competent, my message get lost in like a jumble of of like ideas. And it's like (laughs) It's like, because I don't want it to be too simple. Like, I don't want it to be like, whatever. I want it to be like authentically, authentically me. And it's like, it has all these stories around it and make it sound like it's good and coming from a great place or whatever. But like, it's my ego trying to protect me (laughs) from, from being seen as incompetent. And it's so, it's so funny. Oh, like, I wasn't even like. To me, this stuff is, like, really humorous because it feels like, oh, yeah, there, there it is again. There it is. Like, the, the old programming showing its head, like, and it's so funny. Like, what my work comes down to is our relationships, relationships with ourselves, with our bodies. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, that's the clarity that came out of, like, my nonsensical jumble of, like, 500 messages that I wrote out my branding to be because I was overcompensating (laughs) to, to, like, to make it make sense. And there's this part of me that does that because, like, because I'm afraid that I will get lost in what I say. So I want to make it really specific and really clear. So instead of trusting myself to remember what goes under this overarching umbrella, I don't write the overarching umbrella and I write all of the things underneath it because I'm afraid that I'll forget. And that in itself is interesting, but like just looking at it as a whole, I was just like, oh, I can allow my nervous system to rest and to be in this and trust that I will continue to come up with things around this as they come up for me because everything comes back to how we relate and I have issues with relating and tending to be in a role-playing dynamic so I think it's going to be easy for me to come back to this again and again yeah I uh, about a week ago two weeks ago now I received an official diagnosis of ADHD and I had thought for a long time that I had it, but I had never gotten an official diagnosis. So it was interesting receiving that news. There was a part of me that was like, duh. (laughs) And then there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, like seeing it on paper and seeing like 
the stuff written about my life and my experiences that I had laid out in the questionnaires and stuff, it was a little bit overwhelming. And about a week later, I was able to speak with my doctor and come up with a plan for myself. And that's been really incredibly supportive. But what I realized is like from having ADHD and growing up like that without it being diagnosed, there's this part of me that does continually or has continually tried to overcompensate to prove that I deserve to be here, to prove that I deserve to be sharing, that I know enough to speak, that I belong or that I'm smart enough. And I know a lot of you can relate. I really genuinely think that the majority of the population is not neurotypical. And I also don't think that ADHD is a problem or that any neurodiversity is a problem. It's only a problem when it's through a capitalistic lens and we're trying to be productive in a way that we have to to survive in this society. But I really think there are other ways of doing things, and I think that a neurodiverse way of seeing things is really genuinely beautiful and adds incredible things to the world and to, to our work. I don't think there's anything wrong with my brain. I think that growing up in a world that said there was had me doing twice the work to try to prove that I belong here. And I just want to say that if you're if you have grown up that way, if you're neurodiverse, if you feel like for any reason you've been on the edge of life and have been trying to fight to prove that you deserve to be here, that you do deserve to be here. And I know that that's a personal journey for you to come to accept and believe your worth, but like, hear it from me. There's nothing wrong with you. The way that you are, the way that you are at your core, the beauty of who you are is exactly what the world needs, is exactly who you need. The magic of who you were born to be is in you already, and that is way more than enough. And I say that to you as much as I say that to myself and remind myself often that we fucking belong here. We need to be here because it is our existence that shows that this system is unsustainable and there is another way of being that's possible. And it's really hard to be in a stage of transition within the world because we're not yet landed where we need to be and we see everything that's wrong with where we are. And it's necessary. So please keep doing what you're doing. Keep creating what you're creating. Keep loving who you're loving. Keep allowing, unfolding, and being with yourself as you are relating to yourself, loving on the parts of yourself that are very cringy because every part of you deserves love. Thank you so much for listening to my snowy day ramblings on relating. I really appreciate each one of you who is here and listens to me speak. It is my delight to speak to you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. 
The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.